for tuning in to another episode of the Push Through Podcast. I'm your host, Keisha Reeves. I'm a licensed professional counselor with a group practice here in Atlanta, Georgia, where I specialize in women as well as maternal mental health. Here on the podcast, we'll talk about womanhood, motherhood, and a little bit of everything in between. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a quick chat with me. Thank you guys for joining me for another episode of the Push Through Podcast. I am joined by the infamous sex expert, licensed clinical social worker, my uh, horror film companion, my date nights on random weekends when I escape my family, friend, Unica Nelson. (laughs) Unica, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me as always. I love Love, love um, being here, and I love your show. So Thank you. Um, yeah. Okay, so backstory. Um, sex life was not on my radar at all. Whenever I was on Netflix, I would see, like, the ranking of it in the world, like, number one movie ranked in, or number one show ranked in the world. And, and I, when I looked at it, it reminded me of, Netflix had this Spanish sex-like movie that came out some months ago. I cannot mm-hmm. think of the name of it. But when yeah. I saw the preview of it, I was like, that was like 50 Shades of Grey, the Spanish version. And so when I saw Sex Life, it gave me the same vibes and I had no interest in it. Well, mm-hmm. um, one of my best friends um, was talking to me and she was like, hey, have you seen Sex Life? And I was like, uh, no, I don't have any desire to watch it. She was like, you should watch it. It's right. really good. You should watch it. And I was like, uh. And then literally a couple of days later, um, someone else texted me and was like, Hey, have you seen sex life? And I mm-hmm. said, no, I haven't. She was like, Oh, it's really good. It's about this mom and she's, you know, in postpartum and she's unfulfilled and she misses her whole life before she had a baby. I think you should watch it. And I was like, oh, uh, maybe we'll see. Then right. I go to my esthetician. She's giving me a <laughs> facial and she's like, girl, have you seen sex life? And I was like, what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> So I was like, okay, fine. Um, so before I even watched it, I went in not knowing anything other than that little bit that that person told me. And before I even binged it, I texted Unika and said, hey, I'm going to watch it. Have you watched it? You said yes. And I was like, let's hop on the show and do commentary yeah. on our reviews of the show. So here we are. <laughs> so here we are. And it's funny that you mentioned that because honestly, it didn't catch my attention either because of that. Because I was like, you know, nothing against telenovelas, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But I was just like, oh God, do I really want to watch something that's like very like comes like too romantic novelish, you know, <laughs> like very just grandiose, whatever. Like, do I really want to watch and then, like you, like, on my, like, Instagram page, I was seeing that people in the sex therapy community and sex work, sex life community was like, oh, let's talk. Have you guys seen it? And then I was, like, reading some of their comments, and I was like, okay, Ooh. let me let me take a peek at this. And similar to you, my best friend had told me about it, and she was like, oh, my God, have you seen it? I'm so good. And I was like, okay, I need to watch it. I need to see what's what. <laughs> and then I was, like, hooked after the first like 15 minutes. I was like, oh, oh, I need to see where this is going. Okay. So for people who haven't watched the show, let me give you like a very brief background. Um, stuck at home 
with a new baby and unfulfilled by her sex life with Cooper. Um, she's consumed with explicit flashbacks of sex with Brad, a leather jacketed bad boy who frequently gave Billy neon lit orgasms in nightclubs, stairwells, and elevators. Sex life poses all kinds of worthy, though Carrie Bradshaw-esque questions about Billy's pleasure. Can you have a great marriage without great sex? What does it mean to fantasize about an ex? But Miss Grace, oh, that's kind of like the background um, that I had found online. And then I wrote some notes about it. Before we get into what we liked about the show or our mental health thoughts about the show, what didn't you like about the show? Oh, so what I, if I had to say anything that I did not like about the show, I feel like people in the, well, I feel like people in the mental health that's not in the mental health field or in the helping field will miss the, like, kind of the underlying message. Mm -hmm. I feel like because the blatant message is, you know, she's this bad person. She has this great life and she's this bad person for having these fantasies and for wanting to, to be thinking about this other man when her husband is just like Mr. Perfect. Right. So, you know, I feel like that, I mean, I get it though. I get it. So that's the only like critique. I won't even say what I didn't like about it. I think that's the only critique because I think you can miss the message unless you're kind of like, you know, you're a little bit in tune or maybe it's something that you're going through, you know, but I feel like the like I talked to other people about it uh-huh. and like the avid person was just like, oh my God, no, she was just out of line. Yeah, like I, yeah. she's crazy, mm-hmm. you know, so. No, I totally agree with that. I feel like people, um, and maybe even the film a little bit, kind of targeted her as the bad guy. And I didn't see her as the bad guy at all, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have some notes about that. But what first hit me, so I'm a little bit of a film snob. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like cinematography and great writing and editing and a good score. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I like a Sundance film and and all of that (laughs) stuff. So immediately the show gave me cheesy Lifetime, Fifty Shades of Grey vibes. And I was like, oh, who are these people? I've never seen them before in my life. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's the first thing. I felt like the husband self-tanner bothered me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He was just too too tan. Um, Brad... Felt, gave me like Gerard Butler vibes. I don't know why, but he just like reminded me of him. Mm. I also took issue with, and maybe this is just like a personal thing because of the world that we're in right now, that the one black girl on the show had to be trifling. I felt like she was. Hmm. Um, okay. And I also thought it was kind of strange that her husband got off on her diary. I thought that was different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um those those were mine. So what did you like about the show? So I loved So the thing that I did like about the show is I liked that they I mean for the most part they showed definitely how a woman can be ex- educated, smart, professional, but then still be multifaceted and she can be a sexual being and she mm-hmm. can be this person that's sexually confident and indulges in her sexuality and embraces her sexuality and indulges in those things with 
you know, with either multiple partners or doing different, different stuff. And I liked how they, you know, show that you can be a person that goes and teaches, like be like a, a doctoral student right. and a professor at a major university. Yeah teaching be really like people look up to you you're writing for psychology today like you can be that person but then at night you can still be a person that parties and likes to indulge in threesomes you know what i'm saying like you can i like how they showed that a woman can be multifaceted because usually you don't really see that usually if you see a woman that is indulging in her sexuality it's usually something negative, like her life is spiraling down. She's just a whore, yeah. you know, nobody wants to be with her. Nobody wants to commit to her because they kind of, you know, look at her being sexually expressive as a negative thing. Whereas it did give a glimmer with her previous relationship with Brad. He embraced it. Mm-hmm. He embraced her sexuality. He met her where she was at. He, that was one of the things that they connected on was mm-hmm. the fact they felt so open and free with each other to be these sexual beings and to be and try different things and trust each other in that way. So I like, I like that part. I like that part too. Um, To like the point of how people kind of sometimes can kind of like miss the point. I felt like, of course it had that soft core pornishness to Mm -hmm. it. But did you ever see that series normal people on Hulu? Mm -mm. I highly recommend that. Mm. Um, it was really, really good. And I think you would really like it. I highly, highly recommend it. I do feel like normal people had that same filming of sex scenes in the same way, but normal people did it in a more artful way, so to speak. Um, but to the point of, I like the fact that she knew what she liked and Mm -hmm. she was able to be vocal about that and express it yeah but i i think that something that is missed because people can like get into it because of the porn likeness of it like how they got into 50 shades of gray and just like really gravitated to that but she was going through um something i feel like was it's called matrescence and we had talked about in an earlier show with stefa lafon when it's during that postpartum period sometimes when a woman really romanticizes the life that she had before she had a baby and Mm -hmm. she does not know how to evolve in a way where she can have both worlds combined where it's not like Mm -hmm. this is me before and this is me after but how can i make both exist and it be okay and not look like i'm two different people um i felt like people maybe have like lost that or I don't know if the messaging got lost in that but that was what kind of like brought up to me because I could see like the effort of her and her husband trying to create that together but Mm -hmm. he he was having his own issue with you know the things that he was reading for her diary and how to satisfy her but if if those things could coexist like I really like how he had surprised her with the dress and they had went out Mm -hmm. to the club and they were having these adventures and she seemed like she was, you know, getting back in touch with it. And they had like a sitter and all of that stuff. And I think that several women experience that where it is like, and I myself personally, where it is like you, you're just at the service of these kids and trying this career and have all of these roles and responsibilities. And you can miss that life of just being free to be able to come and go as you please, but figuring out how you can implement both. Yeah. Well, that's a really, that's a really good point. And I like, 
literally just when you said that term, that's the first time I ever heard of it. <laughs> and it makes and it makes sense. I mean, it makes sense because that's really that's really what's happening. She's having a hard time because I think as women, I mean, society does it to us already, but I think we kind of feed into that. You can either be a whore, a mother, mm. you know, like it, you can't be both. Like right. you can't be, it's like you can't do both of those things. And so I, I, I caught that message. I didn't know that it had a, a coined term for it. So I appreciate you for sharing that because I didn't know, but I, I caught that message because it was like, why can't you be this sexual person and this person that enjoys the have sex with your husband however you want to, wherever you want to, when you have time allotted, obviously, and also come home and breastfeed your child and kiss them goodnight and read them a book. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, why can't, why can't you be those two things? Mm -hmm. And I, to your point, I do think that he did a good job at first, but I really think if you, I'm being honest, I feel like he had more of, yes, because he read her diary, but a part of me almost wonders if he would have never read her diary and if she would have felt comfortable enough to voice to him the things that she wanted, would he had still met her halfway? Because another part of that is too, she, from what it shows in the show, she never really, they didn't have that type of sex. They had air quotes, vanilla sex. You know what I mean? Like we're having sex is beautiful. We're making love. But they never like, I don't know, can I curse on the show? Yes. Okay. They never, like they made love, but they never like fuck. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like they never fuck to the point that that one scene where he had like bent her over on the kitchen table, that was like the first time they had like fuck. Right. But prior to was always like, let's make love. Let's, you know, just have sex just so we can kind of get off, you know. But I wonder if she would have told him. And why didn't she feel comfortable telling him? I guess because she knew he wouldn't be receptive to it. But I wonder if she would have just told him on her own, like, hey, these are the things that I want. Would he have even done it? Because a part of me also feels like men are ego-based, right? Yeah. Obviously, he was competing, right? Right. He was in dick competition with this man. Like, (laughs) with this man. It was more so about the man than it was about her. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So I I I just wonder. I wonder if she would have just told him. Like, would he have met her where she was at or would he have judged her? And I think that she absolutely, well, she even said, kind of says it, she was fear a fear of the judgment that he would pass if she told him the things that she really wanted. Right. Which is, it's sad. And I thought they did a good job of showing how she looked before and after, like putting that emphasis. Like, remember, they would show clips of her when she would go to the club and she would have on these like short clothes and this makeup and this hair. But when she was at home, she was in that long white gown that she wore all day breastfeeding or she had on this, you know, cardigan with some jeans and some flats on. And like they, it can be both if he could have appreciated it. But he was kind of like, I don't know, I've received it as like in his mind, all boxes are checked off. Like I'm killing it at work. I've got the big house. I got the woman. We have our two kids, a boy and a girl. We're in the countryside. Life is good. There's nothing else I need to. She doesn't have to work. We're good. And, you know, it's it's more than that, especially if you're looking to be in this partnership for a long time. It cannot be vanilla forever like that. Right. Gets bored. (laughs) Right. 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 Well, and I also think, too, 
she went to the extreme other end, right? Because before she had this boyfriend, even though he was not a good person because he had his own issues. I mean, he wasn't not a good person. He just had his own issues and he was hurtful. Yeah. But he was accepting her sexuality. He came around to the fact that she was pregnant and was going to be a mom, like a mom. You know, he kind of came around and, you know, things fell off. But he he accepted the fact that she wanted to do her PhD, was proud of her. He supported her in that way. And so with this, this new guy, it's like she went to the extreme other end and, like, completely stripped herself, I feel like, of her identity. But I feel like that happened before the kids came along. Mm-hmm. She completely just was like, I'm going to be this good, well-to-do, educated professor that... I just want to have a family and live out on the countryside. Like, and I feel like she like watered herself down for him. And I almost kind of feel like, and maybe I'm wrong. You tell me what you thought, think your thoughts on this. I kind of feel like she was almost a little bit like punishing herself, Mm. like kind of like, because I was such a air quotes, like slut and had had sex with like 70 something men in Soho and all this stuff. And only the way that I can deserve this type of man who's going to treat me with respect because the other men were just kind of like fly by night dudes or the one man I thought loved treated me like trash a couple of different times. I feel like I have to strip myself down because what I was before is not good enough. And I have to be this other person in order to receive the type of love that I'm receiving from Mm. her, her now husband. Gotcha. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see that. I also saw it as it didn't work out. It seemed, I saw it as, I see your point, but I also saw it as where her track record of having been this open sexual being kept leaving her heartbroken. So mm-hmm. let me switch it up so I can finally find someone who won't break my heart or be with someone who won't break my heart. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree too. But yeah, so okay, in your expert opinion, for a woman who is in that situation, how does she communicate that to a partner without jeopardizing their partner's ego, without it um, them judging them or shaming them? Because that often happens. Um, mm-hmm. How can they be vulnerable enough to have that conversation? Well, I think. So I, I'm always a very, like, I'm an advocate for what I call, like, positive sex communication. Mm-hmm. And I think it has to start in the beginning. I think it has to start before you even get to the place where you're married and having children. I think waiting to that point, you know, I, I feel like you kind of have to introduce it in the beginning. Because these are the things that you want, like, and you know these are things that you want. Why? And you're dating this person why not in dating is supposed to be like i mean i hate to say it dating is supposed to be like the time that you see basically the interview like hey do we are we compatible if i introduce something to you i show you my crazy side or quirks about me or is that something that you can accept is there some things that you're willing to accept so i to answer your question like i feel like that should happen way in the beginning in the dating stage we're just boyfriend and girlfriend you know enjoying each other trying to see where we want things to go you know, if you want it to be long term or if it's going to end here mm-hmm. and how you do that is really just be able to talk about the things you want. Because at the beginning, when you're just with a boyfriend, girlfriend, there should really be no judgment anyways, because you guys are starting to get to know each other. Right. Um, and so that's when you 
test that person. It's really testing them, like, hey, is this whatever? But I also think that people are afraid to show who they are because they're like, oh my God, I got this really scared guy. I don't want to mess things up, and he doesn't seem this type of person, so I don't want to do anything to, like, offend him but then you do yourself a disservice so you always have to be true to yourself like you have to be true to yourself because it will it'll band-aid the situation like i'm sure that for a year or two or three it might be cool but after that you're gonna wind up having the fantasies about other people you're gonna wind up thinking about like watching porn at night you know to yourself thinking about stuff or whatever or infidelity because you're not you're not getting your needs met and you're afraid to tell the person and then also you're doing the other person a disservice because the other person might be down for whatever true, right? you know what i mean so you're actually doing them a disservice too because they might have had the same ideal or they might be okay with trying something and they might have their limits so i always just tell people to if you do wait till later on, if it does go past, like, you know, the dating phase and you guys are now find yourself married and, and in the serious relationship, you know, this courtship, I say really just kind of introduce it in a way that it's not like you're getting not satisfied, mm. but kind of like, let's try something crazy and adventurous so that we can like keep it like, so we can keep it interesting, but not, mm. oh, well we always do sex regular and I feel like now I want to have sex in the car because I really can't have an orgasm because we're basically not having sex the way I like, I'm, it's boring. Right. You know, I was trying to stay away from words like boring or, you know, all the time, like it's all the time this way, like those definitives. Yeah. And I would just try to stick to more like, let's it's make it like explorative like oh my god like let's just try this like i think it might be interesting how do you feel about it like what's your comfort level with this you want to try it cool if not i mean cool but like what like what are your what are things that you're interested in and make it kind of almost like a game so to speak and not something that's like we need to do something new because i'm bored yeah you know yeah now okay to your point let's say the conversation doesn't come up until they're in the actual relationship like they're married and similar mm -hmm. to the show when it was coming up and they were trying you know they kept running into these awkward situations like when they went to that mansion and were gonna have sex <laughs> in the pool and then the guy was home and then they had to run you know from the cops and, <laughs> and then they tried to have sex in the car and then her breast milk was like exploding <laughs> everywhere <laughs> And like they just, you know, if they just can't get it right or the person just may not be able to just meet that need in that way, what what do you do with that? So, well, first of all, you have to, well, the pool scene, that was it. That was a, that was kind of a hit or miss anyway. Yeah. But to that, but also too, I think that was part of the thrill of it too, is like, yeah, we're, we're going to get caught. Yeah. Why right, we're doing something we shouldn't be doing. We're going to get caught. So that within itself was like kind of like the uh, like the eroticness behind it anyway. But the car scene where she was trying to have sex with him and her breast milk spilled and she's just not not making it or, or not doing it. I think that you I mean, honestly, you also have to know know yourself. Now, here's the thing with the problem with that. You might, for example, say you like, OK, I went like two weeks without waxing. And I have a bush. Mm -hmm. And my husband's really wanting to like do whatever, but I don't even feel like going to get waxed. I have another another wax appointment. 
I think you also have to, because you, you also have to know that the other, you might be ready and in the mood and the other person might not be. Mm. There might be a time when you're able to have sex and ready to have sex and like super geared up, but the other person is just not there and you have to respect each other's space in that. You know, it, it sucks, but you do have to kind of respect each other's space in that because, but you also want to make sure that you don't continue to go down that path where it's always something like there's always something mm-hmm. either. He doesn't want to do it. You don't want to do it. There's always something because then you really have to come together and say, well, what's going on that we're just not like, we're not clicking. There's something here. Either you're not ready when I'm ready or I'm not ready when you're ready. Like what, like what is going on? And I'm not suggesting to plan and schedule sex. I know that some people do. And I know some people think that it might fit, you know, you have to do what's best for you. I yeah. mean, I don't want to discourage people from scheduling sex if that's something that works in their relationship. But I caution that if you're going to schedule sex, then also throw a couple of zingers in there. Like, throw a couple of, like, if you know you're always going to have sex on Tuesdays and Saturdays, maybe, like, throw a Friday night in there mm-hmm. every now and again. So that it's not so routine because that gets mundane and then it loses interest and it becomes, like, goal-oriented sex and it's, it just it gets tiresome um but so yeah talking talking to your person but then also respecting the space that they're in if they're not able to have sex and then also being in tune to yourself like if you you know if you know that you have something going on where you won't be necessarily the best at having sex maybe take those precautions to you know do something to where you can it might not be Mm -hmm. as spontaneous but at least you can actually commit to the act of doing it Mm mm-hmm Okay, that's a good idea. Um, last question. So what if, <laughs> like when you were saying, um, don't come out the gate with just, you know, a whole bunch of stuff, right? Let's say that they were just not satisfied with like the run of the mill. And um, they wanted to have sex in the car, go to a swingers club. Um, they wanted to have sex just in various locations at various positions and frequency. How do they have that conversation with the person um, and, and, and feel okay with sharing that if it seems like, so the person isn't like, who are you? Like, what, what, you know, where is this coming from? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, first of all, let me address the swingers thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> When you are going to introduce other people into your sexual life with your partner, you have to make sure y'all are solid. Mm. Do not try to be like, well, we don't have sex often and our sex is not, it's terrible and I barely have an orgasm and be like, oh, well, let's go to trapeze and find other people to have sex with. You're going to open yourself up to a lot of bad stuff. You know what I mean? It's not going to be, it's not going to be productive. It's actually going to be very counterproductive because then now this person has an orgasm with this person, then you're watching them or they say they're having a good time with this person. Now that's going to leave you feeling insecure and not adequate, both male and female. So you just want to make sure that if you do introduce other people into your, your sex life, into your bed, you know, swingers, threesomes, whatever, make sure that you and your partner are on solid ground. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't even try that. If you guys can't even talk about, having sex in a car, 
I wouldn't even <laughs> even try to go from that to let's go to a singers club. Like that's no, that's for people who are co- completely comfortable with talking about sex. They're in a solid place. Like that's for that those people. Right. Um. But to to answer your question about the other things and and the person looking at you like who are you? I think also too your. I think also too, as you go through life, you hit different stages of life. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you hit, you grow different. Nobody stays the same way that you met somebody day one. Right. You're always growing and you're always changing. And I think that if your partner really truly cares about you and loves you and is in, in, in you know, wants to make you happy, I think that they're willing to accept some things, you know, some things that may you want want to change and they will kind of adapt to that because no one's you're not going to be the same because life is not going to stay the same you know what i mean and so i think that your person now there may be some things that they may not be comfortable with and that's okay because you have to compromise right like they they might be okay with having sex in a car they might not be okay with having sex in you know in the movie theater you know what i'm saying maybe that's too much but they'll have sex at a drive-thru like a drive-in like a drive-in like doesn't drive in you know so (laughs) right so you have to kind of like be willing to compromise with your partner too because you may some people now there's a few lucky people in this world that get everything they want sexually for their partner right they'll they'll their partner's down for whatever they get everything and that's awesome but they're the average person will do so much but maybe they're like about <laughs> yeah you, about that. you know i don't know about all that i don't know about you pegging me i don't know about you you know anal sex i don't know about you know whatever it may be you know or they may be willing to try it once but don't want to continue it they're like well i tried it once but it's not something i want to do so i think that to just kind of answer your question like your person should be able to meet you where you're at and if they're if they can't meet you all the way, they should be able to meet you halfway without having judgment because they have to know that we change, we yeah. evolve, right. different things happen. You know, our bodies change, our minds change, our thoughts change. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think going into that with that mindset from your partner, I think that would help have that understanding. And again, as you, the person that's bringing stuff to them, be willing to accept that sometimes it may be a no. But maybe not a hundred percent. No, maybe just the I'll try this once, or maybe let's do this instead of this, and be willing to accept that too as well. Right. And the space that they're in. I think that is such a good point, and something that maybe is not expressed enough or gotten a lot of attention is that your sexual preferences evolve along with you, mm-hmm. and especially depending on when you started having sex. You know, like the average. I don't know. You may know the actual like number, but I'm just like making up a number. Let's say the average number. Mm-hmm of people who start having sex are at, like, between 16 18 years old. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And if if that's the case, like, I'm sure they're still learning their bodies. They are still learning, like, what they like, how, how to show up in the act of sex. And then maybe by college, maybe they're into rougher sex. And then by the time they're mid-late 20s, they're into more sensual sex. And then they yeah. become super confident in their bodies and in themselves in their late 30s and early 40s. And they may want to have some voyeurism or whatever the case may be. Um, yeah. But for to have a partner that's okay with that and to understand that, that everybody is not going to be into missionary from age 16 until death. Right. 
Right. Because sexual, I think the thing that people have to understand is sexuality is fluid. And I think when people hear that, I think they think about um, when it comes to having sex with same sex and stuff like that. And it's not necessarily what it's all about. Yeah, that is in, included in that and grouped into that. But it's also into your preference. Your sexual preference and your and your sexuality is fluid. Like you may want to do anal and then maybe you don't. Maybe maybe you just want to do anal the one time or maybe you not into that anymore. Maybe you wanted to do like to your point warriorism and you wanted to do that and maybe you don't want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's also it's also fluid in that way. Like your sexual preferences can be fluid as well. It's not just you know, if I prefer just to have sex with men or women or, you know, trans people or things like that, it can be just about your sexual preferences. Maybe now I want to do BS, BDSM, you know, versus us just having, you know, air quotes, vanilla sex, you know? So I think that, yeah, it, that does have to be, I wish people would talk about that side of sexual fluidity a little more. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, okay, so when we talk about how she kind of seemed like she seemed like she was portrayed as the bad person in the show mm-hmm. because um, she looked like she had it all. She has this handsome husband who adores her, this perfect, seemingly perfect life. He gives her everything that she wants. Why is she trying to cheat on him or thinking about cheating on him or fantasizing about an ex that was a toxic relationship shouldn't she just be happy shouldn't you just suck it up and be happy what what do you say to that because i think a lot of the times especially in our society and how women are viewed like sex can be like the last on the radar if all the other things are checked off you should be able to just deal with mediocre sex and i don't think that people prioritize sexual satisfaction as something that should be like your top three mm-hmm. yeah I agree I I agree I 100% agree I think that um, in her case especially I don't even know I, I don't even think she ever I feel like she never even talked to her husband about like what was what and she just was like I feel like this is good enough and I should be okay and I should be I should be happy and I should be satisfied with this I think that that's kind of a dangerous territory to be in because why do you feel like you shouldn't be satisfied why do you feel like you should be sexually satisfied you know what I mean like yeah he's paying the bills and he's a handsome man and he helps old ladies on the bus but (laughs) like why why do you feel like you don't deserve pleasure in almost every aspect of your life you know and you know your sexual life and your your life with your friends and your life with your spouse and your life with your kids like you know why do you your job like why do you feel like you don't deserve pleasure in like at least every aspect of your life now of course is it going to always be pleasurable no mm-hmm. you know what i mean like we know that i mean there's been people we you know i i can probably say everybody has had experience where they've had sex with their husband boyfriend or whoever and maybe it was just sex yeah. you know it's just like oh, it was just sex mm-hmm. it's cool you know what i'm saying so you're not always gonna have like My balls always. to the wall yeah. great sex it's just it just is what it is but but why shouldn't you be able to, why shouldn't you be able to like why do you feel like you don't deserve to and i asked i asked like i think when we did your um when we did your workshop was that 2019 
2019. Or 18. Yeah. 19. Oh, God. 2020 was a blur. Um, <laughs> 2019, there were a couple of women who were, were talking about how they feel like that's the last thing they need. Mm. Like, everything else is important. Everything else comes first. Even their husband's preferences and stuff, all that comes first. But their sexuality and their sexual pleasure, that's not that's not even something that's on their top five. Right, right. And I asked, and I asked, why? Why? Like, why don't you feel that way? Mm-hmm. And some of the answers that I received was, well, that's not important right now. What's important right now is my kids and my husband. Or, well, I don't, I mean, you know, it's not a big deal for me. Um, you know, it's not a big deal for me. So, you know, when it happens good, it's good. When it doesn't, it's fine. Like, I'm, I'm okay with it not happening like that it becomes that you like put that as the last, last thing. And I don't think, and I'm not saying that you have to have sex on your brain all the time and want to be pleasured all the time. I'm just saying that it had, there needs to be a, a balance. You know what I mean? Because in your friendships, you wouldn't be, I mean, honestly, you would be friends with people that they didn't give you any type of pleasure. If you, if there was nothing that not sexual, but just like happiness, you know what I mean? Like they, if you did, they never gave you any type of pleasure. You wouldn't work. Most people at a job that, wasn't pleasurable for you you would kind of be like oh i don't want to do this anymore so that's the kind of the same challenge i pose to people in their relationships is like you know one you deserve to have pleasure but two you also deserve to give your partner opportunity to please you yeah yeah because him he or she or they Mm -hmm. may want to please you you know what i mean but you're not giving them the opportunity because you keep pushing it on the back burner because you feel like that's the last thing you should have to worry about and it's okay. And then meanwhile, you may or may not be building some animosity towards this person because you're basically doing a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. You're, you're then now building animosity towards this person or not wanting to be interested in having sex or being intimate with this person. But really it's because you never even, did you even give them a chance? Did you even tell them? Right. Did you give them a chance? So I just, I always ask that question back. I always pose that question back to women. Like, why isn't that important to you? And it should why be. Why don't you? I, like yeah, that? I don't think that anyone should put their sexual satisfaction on the back burner. I do feel like our society makes it as if, in some ways, not all the time, but as if women shouldn't, don't have a space, whatever the word is, to, you know, kind of like dominate their bodies in their participation in the act of sex. Um, that it's yeah. not all about someone getting off on them, but it can be vice versa or both at the same time. And to, mm-hmm. to that, I also picked up in the film where like both of the men, like I know that her husband was almost projected uh, as if he was like this person, this perfect, wholesome person. But I felt like both he and Brad, Cooper and Brad, both had possessive qualities about them with her. Like yes. Cooper um, wanted, you know, to compete with Brad and she belongs to me. And I told you to leave my wife alone. And Brad being like, well, she was like this with me. And they're just like these egos fighting over this woman. <laughs> and, and I didn't like her. Like she was just like this piece of meat or this piece of property that they wanted to like mm-hmm. possess or whatever. Um, that, I didn't like it all. Well, that and let's address the fact that her husband was at one point he got very um uh, 
Oh yeah, like well, we talk about consent. Consent came up twice. So like, yeah. you know how she like watched her friend, which was also weird, have sex with Brad, and on the Facetime, did nobody ask the friend like, "Hey, yeah, so um, do you mind if I film this so that uh, Billy can watch <laughs> while we do this?" And then with the husband, and she was like, "You're going too fast. Like this is painful." He just like totally disregarded her and just kept going. Mm-hmm. Right. That and it like I was just like, what is happening here? Like what so yeah, the husband tried to while he was air quotes perfect. Yeah. I feel like he also was afraid to unleash this side of himself to to the world because clearly he must have had it in him somewhere. Yeah. Because even the whole like bathroom counterpart, yeah, that was super rough. I mean she had like a mark on her face. Like the net, like later on, and she was like, "Wow!" And then the other part was when he got the head from uh, her PTA mom, her yeah. the the lady who was, and he did that to be spiteful. He wasn't doing that to be, oh, let's let's you know get kind of freaky and do something freaky. He was doing that to be malicious. Yeah, he was doing that to be malicious. He did it right in front of her and did it on purpose. And then even when they were there, it. Even when they were there, right, and they were in the um, the house with the when they were doing swinging, he wasn't coming from a safe space. He was coming from a very malicious and hurtful and competitive and ego driven space where it wasn't about them; it was about him mm-hmm. and him trying to force this 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 reality that really wasn't but it wasn't for the sake of her it was for the sake of him Mm -hmm. so that he could feel better about himself and and that's dangerous because one of the things that even though was it cooper cooper's the boyfriend right ex-boyfriend uh brad's the boyfriend ex-boyfriend brad's the ex-boyfriend if you notice even though Brad was an asshole and he was a toxic man because he had a lot of stuff he had going on. He came with a lot of stuff. He never made her feel unsafe in anything that they did. In anything that they did. He only ever made her feel safe. And her husband is the one who made her feel unsafe. And even when her and her ex were doing all that sexual stuff and all this stuff. It was about them and their connection and them connecting together. Her husband, it was about him and him trying to do a dick measuring contest, which we saw in episode two. There really wasn't any competition. I don't know, (laughs) but he was trying to do a dick measuring contest and, and it wasn't about her. It wasn't about her. And that was, I, that scene I really didn't like. That whole sex uh, house mansion swinger scene. Yeah. I didn't like that because I was like, God, how low would you feel? Your husband basically wants to slut you out in front of this group of people. Not for the sake of like, this is what you guys like to do. And it's, we're making love and people watch and watch your fuck with the fuck. It's, I'm doing this because you would do this with him. So I'm going to try to do this with you and like slut my wife out. Like, it just was so, it was, and even after that, she forgave him. She was like, no, it's totally my fault. Mm -hmm. And for people who may or may not have seen the show, keep in mind, all of this is going on. She has not once, now she was inappropriate with her ex, you know, on the, on the phone. She never like actually. 
He never actually had sex with him. Right. She didn't even kiss him. Right. Yeah. So I just, yeah, that whole scene was a lot for me. I was like, oh God, this right. is very nice. And safe. it goes back to what you said. Like if, if a couple are going to participate in any type of swing, polyamorous, open relationship type activities, they need to have a good foundation before doing mm-hmm. so, or it can become harmful as mm-hmm. if they don't. Yeah, it can be destructive. It can be very destructive. It can be hurtful. And yeah, it can bring a bunch of whole other problems that you don't even want. So yeah. What did you think of the best friend? What were your thoughts about her? I was going to ask you about that because you said that you felt like she was trifling. So I actually wanted to ask you about that because I didn't see trifling. So what do you like? Tell me what you saw. I was curious. I best friend to sleep with your ex boyfriend. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like and not only like not only was it once it was multiple times even after she confronted you about it then you did it again and i i mean i know that this is like um television and, and cinema or whatnot but as if his aura was just so seducing she just could not bring herself to say no and she allowed him in her apartment and she had a robe on like i i thought that that piece was trifling Especially like how they describe like their bond, like they were sisters, you know, they were in school together, they rode for each other, they got each other. I just, I didn't think that that's, that's what your best friend do. (laughs) She sleeps with like the love of your life (laughs) multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that it went too far because it was the love of her life. Yeah. I think it went too far for that. This woman had gotten pregnant with, by this man, like. I think that that was a little blow. But if you remember, they swap partners all the time. Like that was a, that was not out of the scope of what they did. They would swap partners with the, with these guys that were kind of just kind of seeing or whatever. Right. And they would watch each other have sex. So they would be in the room with each other, you know, when they were having sex and stuff like that. So that I can get. But I think, I think, yeah. If it was just a random guy from her past, sure. I don't even think she would even care. But I think because this was somebody who was, yeah, her love. She lived with him. They were like, I think, weren't they supposed to be getting, weren't they engaged or something like, yeah, they were engaged or living together. She was pregnant. Like, I think that's, that's too much. But she was there for her when she was going through it, like with the breakup, like she saw how heartbroken she was. And like, like you said, like if it was just some run in the mill random person perhaps you know if that's okay with y'all but like he was a significant person <laughs> yeah. yeah he was a significant piece of her life that was going to be the father of her child and her husband right so, yeah but okay I, so my thoughts on the best friend was this my thoughts were i do think that that was a lot I get, I'm always a devil advocate type of person. So that's, here we go. I, I get why she didn't think it would be a big idea, a big deal. Her and her husband had been married for five years. I think they were dating for like a year or two before that. So let's just say seven years. She had not really been in that life of Soho and partying and this, that, and the third. And then when she got married and moved out to the Burbs, she was far removed because remember when her when she showed up unannounced, she was like, oh my God, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. One, because she had the ex in the back room, but two, because 
she didn't really see her like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm probably guessing they talked on the phone probably every day, but she probably saw her like once every couple of months just mm-hmm. because of life and life circumstances. So I think, and she was like happy with this perfect guy. So I think that she thought in her head, she's in the new life. I'm in the old life. She won't care because one, how would she find out? Cause she's in love with her husband in, mm. in, in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. And two, like, it's not a big deal because she's happy. She's off. She's not even in this life anymore. Right. Still not. I don't agree with it. I'm just saying, I think that was her, like her mentality, her mentality. And it's just sex, you know, because you know, they both have that mentality of like, we can just have sex and be fine and not have emotional connection. Gotcha. So, okay. But I could see, I could see what you're saying though. I could, I could see what you're, I could see what you're saying. Now, do you feel like, I don't even know how to like voices. So you know how porn has a very unrealistic element to it, right? Because yeah. real sex isn't um, uh, performed in a point of view position. And right. um, where, you know, the camera is able to get like, you, you have to turn like this certain way. You know what I mean? Like sex right. in real life isn't like that. Um and and there's other elements to it in, in how like it has like categories of what your preferences are and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like people could watch this and walk away um, with thinking, oh, this is the type of sex that I want and it may have like an unrealistic view of it or walk away feeling like, um, well, yes, that is what's wrong with my marriage. This is what I need. And maybe like miss a bigger picture or a bigger point. Do you feel like it could do the show could do more harm than good? That's a great question. I actually have talked to because ninety percent of all my friends are married and have kids, so there's that. Uh, <laughs> pretty much, I actually have talked to my friends about the show, and I've talked to women who are married with kids. I've talked to women who are single with kids. I've talked to women who are just single, and I and it's because it just comes up in conversation. I. I really actually think a lot of my friends who are moms, you know, moms and married and like in their young, you know, 30, you know, mid young 30s, they actually really related to the show based on the fact that they're like, yeah, you're exhausted. You're a mom. You don't feel sexy. You have this stuff going on. I think it almost gave them a little bit of like, I accept this. I, I kind of accept it. If that's what I want to say, like, it's okay for me to feel some type of way and not feel at my sexy sexiest or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's also okay for me to want to have sex with my husband, my husband in a way that I want to. Um, I don't know if I wouldn't necessarily say it did harm. I think if I could say anything, the harm that it, the harm that it would, that I think it may cause for some people is this thing of them feeling guilty about fantasizing about their life before their mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. I would say that's the biggest thing, you know, about them feeling guilty about that piece, maybe because it's like, Oh God, if I start fantasizing about this, am I going to head down the same path as she did? And, mm-hmm. you know, let myself get too carried away. Um, I think that might be the only thing because I feel like it's okay. Well, you're the, you're, you're the maternal uh, mental health person, professional, but said out of my scope. But I, I feel like it's okay to kind of mourn your life before, or yeah. not mourn, but fantasize about your life before. I mean, hell, I 
did do it. Now I'm doing it. I have no kids and, and a husband. And I fantasize about the times me being in college and waking up and eating cold pizza and drinking on a Tuesday and being drunk and <laughs> not having to pay a bill. Like I yeah, sometimes yeah, fantasize yeah. about that. Yeah, so yeah. not having as many responsibilities, you know right. what I'm saying? It's being in my mid thirties. So I kind of feel like it's okay. I mean, I think you know, it's okay. If there's like a balance, if you can, yeah. if you can think about it or feel good with, when thinking about it, but also feel good about your present. But when you are thinking about mm. it and wishing you can escape your present to go back there is when it's not healthy. Noted. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, that's true. So that's the only thing I can say. But other than that, I feel like people have taken from it some good stuff. I feel like a lot of, like, for my friends that I've, my, you know, small circle, they've seemed to taken away some good gems from it. And, um, you know, and it's also encouraged some of them to really think and say, God, I really need to get away with my husband. I really need to like take a mm-hmm. second to get away and, and indulge in those things because for uh, some of like, it's in my circle only, um, a friend, some of them are these sexual beings that are okay with doing sexual crazy stuff with their husbands, but maybe just have not had the opportunity to because of just life and life circumstances. And so now it's kind of made them realize I need to make really an effort to try to do that more, mm, mm-hmm. to try to connect with my partner in that way a little more, mm-hmm. um, you know, so. And if anything, I will say, like, shows like this or Fifty Shades of Grey or any, like, sex-driven show, I feel like some good that comes out of it is it starts people's conversations about sex. And it can take a lot of shame away from sex. Because you know how sex is always looked as like, it's quiet, don't talk about it, you know, shut the door, keep those delicate undergarments tucked away and, you know, all of that stuff. But it's okay to be a sexual being. It's okay to like the things that you like, however kinky it is, to have like sex talk. Um, with friends or with, you know, your partner in whatever way and not feel like there's something wrong with you or you're doing the most or whatnot. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that um, I do love shows like this. I do love shows, those documentaries, those all stuff like this because it does bring up, a, it does bring up good conversation and it does make you think. And it does make you reflect because I do think that you can get in a place where you do put like sex on the back burner. And I actually had asked one of this kind of on the subject, but a little, well, not too much off subject, but I'd actually asked one of my um, friends a while ago, who's a guy um, and he's with his, his partner, um, his girlfriend, they have two kids and live together. And I actually asked him, as he was saying that him and his um, girlfriend don't really have sex like that and stuff. And I said, well, do you feel like, you're now at the point where intimacy is worth more than sex because you may not be always to have able to have sex because you're working, she's working, you guys have two different schedules, but do you feel like intimacy is a little bit more important now, just kind of based on how your life is set up more than sex? His answer was he feels like it's both. Um, you know, it needs to go kind of hand in hand or it's both equally this important, but, um, I, I do wonder that. I do wonder because also too, aside to kind of loop it back into the show, 
her husband wasn't intimate with her. It wasn't even necessarily all about, yeah, it was about the crazy sex and stuff like that. But at, he had gotten to a place where he wasn't even greeting her when he came in the house. He was just running straight to the kid. Yeah. Hi, kids. And then just kind of was like, well, hey, how was your day? Okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? It like, takes away like a huge connection. Like if you are not yeah. just physically touched by someone or kissed mm-hmm. on the lips or acknowledged or um, spoken to in a way, like even just like in a flirtatious way, like, oh, you look so hot in that or you look so great or how was your day? How are you feeling? Just like those little moments or a flirty text yeah. message or a hug or whatever, it can help continue that connection versus y'all are like two ships passing in the night you know, just talking about the administrative stuff of the household that can really like further you guys apart. Right. And I think, I think that people, and so I think to that point, intimacy, I feel, I mean, I'm not a married person, but even just being in long-term relationships, I feel like intimacy kind of, I don't want to say trump sex, the act of sex, but it almost like it makes sex, hell, it makes sex a lot better. Mm-hmm. I can say that because there's a lot, like I always say, like there's a lot leading up before the act of sex, right? Like there is the flirtation, there is the intimacy, there is the butt grabs and the forehead kisses and the, you know, whatever, whatever your foreplay is. Some women get off to their man washing the dishes. You know what I'm saying? That's what it is. That's your, that's your ministry. That's your ministry. But I think that it's important to also keep that intimacy because even when you're not maybe physically able to engage in the act of sex, if you have that intimacy there, you can always feed off of that intimacy, that cuddling on the couch, watching TV, that, you know, rubbing, rubbing my shoulder while we're sleeping, uh, you know, kissing me, flirty texts. You can always have something to hang on to if you're not able to have sex because, it's just the physical act is just, it's, you can't do it. Like there's something going on, however that is, you know? Yeah. So, right. And that's what I think, that's what they majorly lack because I think what happened was once her, and we kind of picked up from a place where like they were already in a lull in their, in their relationship. But I think that if her husband probably would have kept that intimacy with her, You know, like she being super sweet to her and making sure he shows up to her and dating her. Yeah. That it really wouldn't have been as much as a right. fantasy about her past life. Right. Right. That I, it was. I totally agree. I think that it left uh, a void or an absence there for thoughts to wander. Mm-hmm. Any last thoughts before we wrap up? Um, definitely watch it. I say watch it if people haven't watched it. I say definitely watch it, definitely talk about it. And then also definitely like if you are in a relationship, whatever your relationship may be, you know, don't be afraid to talk to your partner mm-hmm. and don't be afraid to bring up stuff because if that person cares about you, they'll meet you halfway. You know, they're not going to judge you. You know, they may not meet you all the way, but they'll meet you halfway. So don't ever be afraid of that. And then also don't ever like abstain for or are voicing or being uncomfortable with saying with a wanting pleasure out of things that you do. Cause I think that's the, that's the biggest thing. Like you deserve to have pleasure. You deserve to have a pleasing sex life or pleasing sexual moment. And you deserve to, you deserve that, you know, whenever you can get it, whenever you're able to do that. So those are my last little tidbit. Right. Now I, uh, 
I know we've talked about the things that you're up to um, or mm-hmm. putting in the works, but for anyone who wants to follow you or if you were to have or host anything, how can people find you? Absolutely. So I am on. So y'all, I got my LCSW in <laughs> April. So I'm super excited. I got it in April, which means now I can do private practice. I'm so excited for myself. Uh, so I am not in Richmond, Virginia. I'm based in Richmond, Virginia, but I definitely will come down to Atlanta. I've been down to Atlanta already like two two times now. Um, but anyways, I'm on Sexuality is a Journey on Instagram, and it's underscore. So Sexuality underscore is a underscore between each between each word is a journey. Um, also, here in the Virginia Beach area. Probably, well, in November, um, my friend um, and I, she does makeup. Um, she is, um, her name is Katia Myers. And so she, we're going to be doing brushes and blowjobs. It's going to be a class on like how to do like different makeup and makeup techniques and then blowjob techniques. So it's going to be like techniques. So it's going to be blushes, brushes and blowjobs. Um, so I'll be posting that soon. And then also... Um, really, I hope to come back down to Atlanta and do some things. Um, hope to come down to Atlanta and, and do some things soon. If not by the by the end of this year, definitely next year. So, cool. Awesome. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you for being on the show, Unika. It's always a good time when we chat. <laughs> yes. Come on. Let's talk about sex, baby.